Welcome to the Two Minute Warning. Today, I'm very pleased to announce our first podcast guest, Mrs. Annie Wallstriker, my beautiful wife and number one Mets fan. How are you doing, Annie? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Very entertaining Nets-Bucks game last night. Looking forward to seeing if the Nets can close it out in game six and maybe even game seven. Even more entertaining was the Mets-Cubs game last night. The Mets won three to two. Oh, wow. Okay. And I understand that this is tonight is Wednesday night. Mm, Jacob DeGrom's pitching. Okay. Okay. Current Cy Young leader, I would say, right? I'd say the GOAT, but sure. Okay. Cy Young leader, if you want to be silver slugger, gold glover. I don't know. That Cy Young, uh, yeah, Very right? Good. Cy Young winner, MVP, every award in baseball. Maybe he'll be commissioner. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. He's also the Mets' best hitter, I would say. Well, he is hitting 400. <laughs> anyway, let's get down to business. Unfortunately, we have to talk about the MLB in a different way. Have you been hearing what's been going on with the foreign substances stuff? I have. I, I'm, I'm confused. These pitchers, Tyler Glass now as you reported one day, has discussed that he believes that his partial tear of his UCL is related to his inability of the MLB in using this sticky substances. I don't know what entails a sticky substance. I've seen that spider tack. Um, I've seen those bags that pitchers use. The rosin bags. The rosin bags that pitchers use. Thank you. I don't know what sticky substance actually does entail, But I do know that pitchers are upset about the crackdown only because it seems to be. Well, because now they're going to be ejected from games, potentially. I mean, the umpires are going to be looking if there's any substance. On the ball or on the the hand, in the glove, like are we doing a pine tar panada situation? So in the the Cardinals game a couple weeks ago, an umpire saw some type of brown substance on a pitcher's hat, went, looked at it and ejected him. Well, what if it was chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> it could have been. I know I know you would have preferred it to be chocolate. 100% I would have. But I, it just seems to me that it's not going to be enforced evenly across the right. board. So, so, so in case anybody missed it, the MLB instituted policy that they're going to be ejecting and suspending players, particularly pitchers, if they find that they're using foreign substances to help with any pitch's grip. So traditionally, pitchers have been using foreign substances to help with grip and now it's even gotten to a point where spin rates on pitches are so crazy. So do you know what a spin rate is? I do, but I could use a little bit of a refresher. No, so spin rates is just like RPMs, rotations per minute, and it's and it's calculated. And some of the best pitchers have some of the best spin rates because that means that any given pitch is much harder to hit if it's moving more, obviously. But are we saying that pitchers with better spin rates are generally the ones who are using the sticky substances or pitchers that had okay spin rates that now have good spin rates are the ones who are using it? I think everybody uses it typically, like Garrett Cole, for example, Yankees, who is the Yankees ace, Trevor Bauer, who I know you hate. Well, yes, but step back because all of the Mets have come out to say that Jacob deGrom does not yes, use it. Yes, I did report that in the newsletter that he was not using it and that everybody came to his defense. Although questionably he uses a black glove, but that's a problem I will deal with at a later time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's like a black car. Like you could see dirt on it more. So maybe he's not actually using it. I love that theory. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this was very good news to me because finally the MLB is putting their foot down and saying, we know our products thinks. And what I mean by this is spin rates have led to crazy strikeout rates. Can you guess what the strikeout rate has been 
this season? Well, being a fan of the New York Mets, I could say that it's very high. So if I had to judge based on the Mets, I'd say around 80%, but <laughs> probably across the league, I'd say around 30%. So so you're close. It's about 24%, meaning that almost a quarter of the batters that go up to plate strike out. And that automatically means there's less balls in play, which means that there's not as much action. And I really... As a baseball fan or someone that used to be a much bigger baseball fan, I would like to see the ball in play. I know like in my weekly softball league, it's just way more exciting when the ball's in play because everyone's just making errors. Well, I hope that MLB players are not making errors, but you're right. Having balls in play is just a hundred percent more. Yes. I do understand all the pitchers outrage over this because first of all, they weren't really given any advance warning. Like if you were to tell them. But why do they need to be given an advance warning? Well, just because it would have given them time in the off season to make the necessary changes. I mean, that's what happened with Tampa Bay Rays ace glass. Now he's saying, if I had known about this, I could adjust preseason and adjust my grip so that I didn't have to grip so hard without the substance. Is pine tar considered a sticky substance? Yeah. So they've always enforced pine tar rules. So it's confusing why pitchers are now saying that they had no idea and no warning beforehand. Well, 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 well. let's slow down there because you're getting into the sacred unwritten rules of baseball, which everyone oh, freaks out about. Oh, so like the about. steroids and... No, no, that's that's <laughs> not what I mean. I just mean that, you know, pit, the stuff, stuff that sneaky stuff that pitchers have been doing forever, they didn't expect to the MLB all of a sudden to say, we're not going to start enforcing that rule. I mean, you you sound like you're Alex Cora making an argument of sign stealing. I, it just, it sounds like you're looking at unwritten rules and determining whether or not that should be dictating how the game is played. I agree. I agree. But I mean... I'm just happy that MLB is actually doing something because we don't want these high strikeout rates. I mean, there's still so many issues with the game. I don't know what you see. I know you watch the Mets every night, so you're entertained by them. But like for an outsider, an outsider baseball fan who watches every team, it's just every game lasts so long. So that's the main issue. But this is a good start. And I just think just to make my major point here, it's just good that the MLB is finally saying, we understand that something's wrong with the game and that they're actually instituting change rather than just sitting back and reacting slowly. But this kind of was a slow reaction, right? It's part of the unwritten rules. We know that they have not uniformly enforced any type of sticky substance rule in the past. It really does seem like it was a glacial change that was brought on by Rob Manfred's... Commissioner Rob Manfred. I'm so sorry, Mr. Commissioner. Commissioner Rob Manfred's desire to speed up the game of baseball. But I don't know. Does it, it kind of feels like it's making it a little less, I can't decide. Honestly, I keep going back and forth where where I stand. Um, Do I think the strikeout rates are too high? Yes. Do I think it's, it's going to be uniformly enforced across the league? No. Do I think that it's fair to pitchers to enforce it now? Yes. Even if it was an unwritten rule, you know, like doing steroids in the 90s was an unwritten rule, but that doesn't mean like it couldn't be enforced. Um, but That's do I also... That valid point, valid point. But do I also think that the MLB is trying to perhaps create a little bit of drama or an air of drama around the game to get younger people interested? That's a good theory. Also, yes. I mean, you could take the Pete Alonso theory that they change rules based on the free agency class. Um, so last year, or this year, it was a big... 
shortstop free agency class or last year? This coming year. This this coming year. I apologize, except for Mr. Francisco Lindor. Um, it's a big. How's that working out, by the way? Great, honestly. <laughs> He's been great the past few games. Do not jinx She's grinding him. her teeth as she said. It's saying. hard. It's really hard. But he's worth $341 million just because of his um, attitude. But, right, like Pete Alonso was saying that the MLB changes their rules based on the free agency class. So they deadened the balls. Um, you know, I don't know what he would say necessarily about what who would say what Pete would say about it. Um, I know the MLB. I, th- I think the MLB came back and said that was just yeah a, they, a load of they just dismissed that. There, there was nothing there. I kind of believe Pete. I don't like conspiracy theories, but I love Pete Alonso, so I think that he might be right. Maybe, maybe. But just to wrap things up here and move on to the second story, I think the big picture takeaway is that for once, MLB is saying something's wrong, we're instituting change, and we'll see if they actually do anything really drastic in the future, and we'll see if ratings go up because of it, and that'll be really interesting to watch. I agree. Cool. What's the second story? Now let's get into the second story. We are talking about Novak Djokovic's racket. Did you see what happened? No. Yes, you did, because you read my newsletter, so you obviously know. Oh, yeah, I really, I really read it so much. <laughs> so, so so the French Open concluded last week, and Novak Djokovic, after winning, went and handed his racket to a fan, a young kid, who absolutely went berserk. He was so happy. He was jumping up and down. So I saw the video on Twitter from a bunch of different accounts. I didn't realize it was Djokovic's racket. Yeah, yeah, okay. so it was Djokovic's racket. I'm up to speed now. Okay. And so I saw the video on a couple different Twitter accounts, And then when I posted in the newsletter about it, I was shocked to see that the video had been taken down. Do you know why it had been taken down? I'm going to go with my law school education and say copyright laws. Exactly. So NBC aired the French Open. They had it on their Twitter account and they wanted to be the sole exclusive party that could post this video of Djokovic doing it because they own the broadcast rights. So they made everybody else remove their videos. They're asserting their copyright. So I'd never took copyright in school. So my understanding is really, when I say below baseline, I mean, I have a zero understanding of copyright and how it works and how it's enforced. Who enforces the copyright? No. So the owner of the copyright enforces it. They have the right to uh, make derivative copies. They have the right to reproduce the originals. They have, they, you're granted all these rights automatically. So NBC doing this or saying nobody else can, by the way, no legal advice here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we are not giving legal advice. Guys, I really don't know what this is. So just if we get it wrong, also, please tell us. No, it's any time that you would post unauthorized content on Twitter, somebody complains about it and Twitter is forced to take it down because Twitter doesn't own the copyright either. It's just NBC. I mean, what benefit does NBC have for allowing right. people so, so, to tweet it? And what benefit do they have for telling people? So, that, to so that's my main issue here is NBC was so worried about enforcing their copyright and they're not worried at all about the popularity of the tournament or uh, whether they're going to get more viewers for next year because they hold the rights until 2024. For me, don't you want videos to be popular like I didn't even know the French Open was happening. That's a you thing because I very much knew it was happening and <laughs> many, I was watching it. How many matches did you watch? So should I admit to how little bar studying I did? <laughs> <laughs> no, I keep it on in the background sometimes. I can't say that I'm actually a dedicated fan right. of of um, the French Open. 
I, I do usually take my time to watch the U.S. Open. Um, but I definitely saw a few matches. Okay. Not, Understandable. Not more than the average viewer, average American viewer probably, but I mean less than a few. Yeah. So like I, I, my gut feeling is, is that tennis was really popular in the United States in like John McEnroe era. That's and something, a personality something type. Like John McEnroe was fun to watch. He's still fun to right. watch. Right. So who is that person that's fun to watch now? Because I just feel like we've been seeing the same three guys and uh, Djokovic, Nadal and Federer in every single tournament. And like, I'm a big proponent of what makes really good entertainment is stars being in the finals like LeBron, like Steph every year. What, what's that face for? You are because you didn't love when the UConn women's basketball team dominated that, for like 10 years. That's a different story because there was no point to even watching it because you knew the UConn women Except were Except for win. when they lost. Okay, fine. Now it's different. Now they're not winning every year. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm – and actually a reader, Sammy Smigel, reached out to me and said that he actually disagreed with my take on this and that he usually watches the big matches. But like what I started to brainstorm was – what is is there something inherently wrong with tennis in the modern day, or is it just that we have bland, blander personalities and no Americans? Like, for instance, for football, for NFL, and for NBA, I just feel like the strategy has gotten so much more complex. And like, I don't think an average person can really understand any tennis strategy besides just like hitting the ball back and forth. I mean, do average people understand golf strategy? Isn't it just hitting off a tee? I mean, I'm not a golfer, but like I mean, I'm you definitely have your not draws a golfer. and fades. Well, everyone makes fun of Bryson, and he's, For, yeah. he's trying to change yeah. the game in the way that you're discussing, and nobody wants that. So some sports are set in the way that they're competed. I I don't I don't disagree. I just think like this is all going back to the point of why NBC is in the wrong here. Um, I just think that. You should be way more concerned instead of worrying about how many Twitter followers you have and assert your copyright. You should be way more concerned about a video reaching the masses and garnering that interest that can really help drive viewership for an event. I mean, I don't know any of the statistics about how popular tennis is in Europe. I just know for a fact that French Open viewing has gone down recently. Um, But, you know, in the future, we'll see if people are more lenient with their copyrights. And if they're just more concerned about getting the word out out there about their sport. And I mean, I'm curious to see if they'll do the same thing with the Olympics. I'm sure NBC owns the copyrights for the Olympics as well. Yeah, but you know that you're going to get viewers for the Olympics no matter what. Well, just so I can watch Simone Biles. (laughs) (laughs) That concludes our second story. Now let's get into the 10 second runoff with Andy's help. One, did you see what happened with Cristiano Ronaldo? No, I didn't. (laughs) Okay, so Ronaldo, if you don't know, has the most Instagram followers in the world. Oh, I did. How many? How many do you think he has? Oh my god, I, I, you know, I'm. I for those who don't know, I am very bad at estimating numbers. Anywhere I could go into a room and say there was a hundred people there when there's five, (laughs) or when there's you know ten people, I'll be like, oh my god, it was so crowded. There was a thousand people there. Um, I don't know. I probably have like. 300 million followers. <laughs> okay. Well, then I know you're actually reading the newsletter. Because uh, 299 million 299. more <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo has 299 million Instagram followers, which is basically... See, I do read. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. So what happened was there's a big to- uh, soccer tournament going on in Europe right now, the Euro 2020s. It's a year delayed because of COVID. 
And Ronaldo went into his press conference after a win, and he saw two bottles of Coca-Cola in front of him. And he was so disgusted by the sight of a sugary drink, because that man is pure muscle and gold, that he removed the Coke and instead said in Portuguese, like, I only drink water. So upsetting because Coke is literally the best drink in the world. We never, I don't allow it in our house, but when we go to the movie, sometimes we have it. I don't think he knows how many bottles of soda I have upstairs. Anyway, it was a whole big thing because Coca-Cola's market cap supposedly sunk by about $4 billion because of this. I mean, like, I'm not a believer in these things actually having direct impact, but it was pretty interesting considering how many Instagram followers he has. Two, how long do you think the last two minutes of Nets Bucks game five took in real time? It's interesting because I was the one who timed it for you. <laughs> so I do know the answer, but I believe it was 16 minutes. 16 minutes. I think it was like 10.49 until 11.05. That's how long the last two minutes take. And there wasn't even a replay review, which is usually what drags on the games. I will say, though, it was probably the most interesting 16 minutes of sports yes, I've watched. Yes, yes. <laughs> Mainly because Kevin Durant a monster. was amazing. Three, what do you think Starbucks is going to require for players to wear in Starbucks Arena? In case you don't know, Starbucks filed a trademark to use their name on a stadium. Um, well, I hope they wear shirts that say Annie gets free drinks for life. But I mean, yeah, and <laughs> I, hopefully I don't have to go pick up your coffee every day. Oh, so hard for you. Um, I'd say green aprons. Yes, I think <laughs> they're going to have to. I made a joke in the newsletter that any player who plays in Starbucks Arena is going to have to wear green aprons and visors. Baristas at Starbucks wear green aprons and, aprons and visors for Thank those you. who do not know. I'm pretty sure everybody knows that. Try to be inclusive. Four. How many Dogecoin? 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 I think How it's Dogecoin. Pronounced? I, I think that Elon Musk, when he was on SNL, said Dogecoin yeah, when he Dogecoin. gave his mom a gift of Dogecoin. Dogecoin. So how many, first of all, how many Dogecoin do you have? Absolutely zero. Okay. How many Dogecoin do you think it would cost to buy a pair of tickets at an Oakland A's game? I couldn't even estimate that for you. I don't know what Dogecoin is okay. worth. A hundred Dogecoin. And That's when it. I wrote about it last week, that was worth $32. So not a, not a totally bad deal. I mean, if I understood it, then maybe, but yeah. that's good. Dogecoin's a cryptocurrency for anybody who doesn't know. Five. Did you see what happened with DraftKings? I did. Okay. I was the one who texted it to you. You did. You did. I, <laughs> I actually had a friend that texted me about it before, but basically what happened is DraftKings is a public gambling company, and there was a report by another company that DraftKings was operating in countries where gambling is illegal. And the really interesting part about this is that the research company that put this out owned short positions in DraftKings, hoping that their stock would fall. And it did fall. It fell by almost 12%. I mean, it only ended up falling by 4% that day, but it went down as far as 12%. That's a brilliant move, honestly. That's a great war tactic. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Number six. I am never going golfing with you again <laughs> after our experience in Arizona. But was it that bad? I was able to putt the ball. I just couldn't hit it off the tee. Okay. We'll, we'll go with that for now. <laughs> but a golfer was with another golfer. One of them hit it into the rough. He asked the other to help him find the ball. And when he refused, he was punched in the face. I mean, honestly, 
the only reasonable reaction to someone saying no to helping you find a <laughs> golf ball. Why did he just take a loss? Can't he just add points to his score? People get very frustrated with golf. Oh, I wouldn't know. I don't get frustrated with anything. <laughs> just kidding. Seven. How many times have I talked about this week how bad TNT's broadcasts are? Honestly, it's it's pretty much a joke of our lives now when we have to watch any part of the TNT broadcast. I would – we don't even – I don't even know if we put it on our TV anymore. It's so bad. We usually mute it. And, and the Roku <laughs> app is even worse. I mean, you get mad at me that we don't have cable, but still, I mean, the app is really bad. But anyway, basketball – NBA games are primarily on TNT these days. I'm just – the, the broadcasters are just so important. You can barely hear them. It's like Marv Albert, 90 years old. You can barely understand a word he's saying. He gets every single player's name wrong. I don't know why it's hard to find good NBA broadcasters. How great would Gary Cohen be? Gary Cohen of the Mets would be great. I mean, I would prefer Tony Romo, but Gary Cohen's a good answer too. Can you guess the last time a Canadian hockey team won the Stanley Cup? 1992. Very close. Oh, I know, again, now you're reading my newsletter. <laughs> 1993. That's insane because... But why is that insane? You're talking about a Canadian hockey team. You're not talking about individual Canadian players. Well, there's most of the... I feel like most of the players in the NHL are Canadian, but like a fourth of the league's Canadian. Okay. So you're saying that in the last... what? what how many years is that? That's seven plus 21 in the last 20... <laughs> Good math by me. That's why I went to law school. In the past 28 years, there's been... Zero Canadian winners. I mean, I just found that insane. Nine. All right. We got Madden, the video game, coming out. They posted an advertisement with two goats. Ooh, a little teaser. Goats yeah, are? I want to hear your guess for who the goats are. Well, do they have jersey colors on or jerseys on? No. That would be a dead giveaway. No. I'm going to guess it's Tom Brady is one of the goats. I feel like they're going to go like... Patrick Mahomes is the second. No, they're not doing Mahomes. I, th- I, I, agree I mean, with it has to be players who are playing now. Why? Does that not how Madden works? No, no, no. It doesn't have to be guys now. I, th- I think it's going to be definitely oh. Brady and then either Peyton Manning or Joe Montana. To be fair, I didn't know how Madden worked. I assumed it had to be players who are playing now. Not that I'm saying Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT, but he might be at some point in his career. <laughs> Last but not least, number 10. Chris Paul. Oh, my oh, God. I love Chris Paul. Yeah, I know you do. I, I couldn't feel worse for him. I mean, the guy has struggled so much in his playoff career. He's only in the Western Conference Finals for the second time. And on Wednesday morning, it was announced that he had to go into COVID protocol. So it's unclear if he's even going to be able to play in the Western Conference Finals. Does he have COVID? Was he in contact with We don't know. COVID? We don't know. Yeah, maybe by the time this podcast releases, it will be. But, like, I just I, – I feel so badly for the guy. Maybe State Farm will uh, – have Cliff Paul come in and oh no, a terrible joke. I but know. I feel so bad for Chris. I, know. I say Chris as if I know him. <laughs> I feel bad for him. That is what I call an all-out blitz. This podcast was brought to you by me, Brad Wallstriker, podcast producer Zev Ran, and editor slash guest Annie Wallstriker. You did an amazing job. Thanks, B. We hope you enjoyed, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and the newsletter. Saying that they messing with me. Try to slide tackle.